Welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast, bringing you the best strategies, tools, tips, tech, and mindset to create a life and career you love. Today I'm bringing back an episode that I recorded all the way back in July 2022 with my good friend Carrie Brown from Strong Roots Resources. I ran this episode on another podcast that I only did about five or six episodes of and decided to scrap it because I didn't have the time or the space for it and I launched prematurely. But I wanted you guys to hear it because it's a great episode. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm just going to jump right into it. Here you go. Today I have the opportunity to chat with Carrie Brown from Strong Roots Resources, who's become a good friend of mine over the past couple of years. And we're going to talk about what it was like for him transitioning from working as an EMS and then going through a few small jobs before he saw an opportunity and decided to make the leap and and dive into something that he was passionate about. So I want you to to pay attention, not just to the things he's doing, but some of the mindset that he went through, some of the shifts that he had to go through to really develop and drive his journey. And then towards the end of the show, he's got an offer for listeners of the podcast. So I want you to hear what he is offering to you. If you live within a couple hundred miles of Knoxville, Tennessee, you're going to want to hear this. Listen through to the end. I think you're going to love this episode. Hey, Carrie, why don't you give folks a little introduction into who you are and a little bit of your background? Sure. So I am a fairly regular guy, as far as I can tell. Um, I just turned 39. And I would describe myself as a as a homesteader and a, a bit of a redneck and definitely a solo entrepreneur. Definitely a solo entrepreneur. That's that's what we like to hear. Where did you come from as far as your your working background? Is, is entrepreneurship something that has been in your blood from little on up or was it something you grew into? Kind of give us a little bit of your, I guess, work history. So I did corporate EMS for the bulk of my adult life. Um, started when I was uh, right around 21 until I was about 37 or so. And it was just a, uh, I mean, it was a career that served its purpose for a while. But after a time, I determined that that was not going to really get me where I wanted to be. And I was um, spending my energy in a place that didn't, didn't reap much reward. So that's when I decided to kind of shift into uh, just do, just doing my own thing. Gotcha. So was the, the EMS job, was that something that, I mean, did you enjoy it at all or, or what, what kind of drove you into that to begin with? Um, actually uh, 9-11. I was, I was in college at a, at a state university um, working on a communications degree when 9-11 happened. And like a lot of people did at that time, we, a lot of us felt a kind of a patriotic um, duty to serve and help others. And I determined at the time that instead of writing about something, I would rather actually be out there helping. Um, and, and so I did for a while. But as anybody who's been in the medical field for a long time, they'll tell you that it's, uh, 
it's it's short moments of of glory and and thankfulness and appreciation coupled with a whole lot of just routine and sometimes uh just just not fun stuff just just uh you you don't necessarily see the best of humanity and uh, and it can be hard on a person mentally and physically and emotionally after a time gotcha yeah that makes that makes complete sense um i read something recently that it it almost takes a uh a, a tragedy or a trauma to make somebody change their direction in life. What was it for you that made you want to go from working for the man, working, you know, your pretty well your whole adulthood uh, career, to to being a solopreneur, to working for yourself? What what brought on that transition for you? So, after having been with that same company for 15 years and having an excellent reputation and having a, a uh, you know, being, being kind of known as the guy that everybody liked to work with, um, being, being safe, being meticulous, being methodical, all that detail oriented, all those things, all those things that they want to hear in a, in a corporate environment. Um, when I went part time in an effort to actually begin to do my own thing, to carve out that kind of time. And I was owed, uh, some vacation back pay and a couple of pay cycles went by and it didn't show up on my check and I'm sitting here looking at my check and it says you know how many hours worth that I am due and so I finally kind of asked the um, the union to get involved on it and I got the word back that somehow despite what it said on my paycheck at some point earlier in that year I had used more vacation than I was allowed some clerical error is what they were told and not only was (laughs) I not going to receive any of that back pay and it was about a thousand dollars worth, to be honest. So it would have been a nice little cushion to have that yeah, I was kind of yeah. planning on having. Um, not only was I not going to receive that money, but there was a supervisor who suggested that, in fact, I should pay that back. I should pay that one thousand dollars that I went over due to a clerical error back to the company. And um, of course, I didn't do that, but uh, I had the documentation that suggested I do so. And uh, that was pretty much when I let that supervisor know that I was going to fulfill the two shifts I had left remaining on my schedule. And then I'd be out the door. And mm. and that was that. So I'm the kind of guy like I'll put up with a lot of stuff for a long time until one day I just don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It often it often takes something like that to really make you realize how bad the situation that you're in is. What would you say were some of the obstacles that were were making you or or were holding you back from jumping into you know your own business or side hustle what what was holding you back in the first place from starting that and what took so long so the the first one being that i didn't feel like we had enough of a financial cushion and when we had a little bit of debt like we had a we had a truck payment nothing Mm -hmm. crazy but still it was a truck payment and, and a mortgage and uh, fortunately no credit cards or anything like that, but still just not feeling like I had that kind of wiggle room. And then the second factor that was probably really more significant was that I, I did not really have a clear direction. I knew what I didn't want and I was basing a lot of my decisions on what I didn't want, but I hadn't yet discovered that that's not really the best way forward. Right. Uh, so I was really trying to pin down what exactly that would be. And there were, there were 
many a shift that me and a partner or a variety of partners would be sitting on that truck and we would be brainstorming all kinds of stuff that we could do. You know, we went like, <laughs> you know, open a bookshop to a coffee shop to a, doing a food truck or, you know, lawn care. I mean, it was just, we would just bat stuff back and forth all shift long between calls because, you know, because we weren't happy anymore because we were frustrated and we wanted to change. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as we'll get to, um, I, I didn't make the, the decision so much as the decision just kind of found me. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I can imagine, you know, being it's a financial obstacle or at least in your mind, being that some financial obstacle, that that thousand dollars that you thought you were due or, or you thought was coming was probably pretty huge, especially when that got taken away. That was that made that obstacle seem even bigger. Did you find when when you actually made the shift, was that the obstacle you thought was holding you back? Was that financial thing actually as big an issue as you previously imagined? Not really. Um, I had blown it up in my own perception. Uh, not really at all. I mean, looking back on it, it would have been nice to have, but it wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Just more of a uh, kind of a comfort blanket, so to speak. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> was, was there any beliefs or mindset issues that you had to shift or overcome making the change from, you know, the job security that we think we have working for somebody to actually working for yourself and being responsible for everything? So one was that I just I, I didn't believe in myself enough. And I know that can kind of sound trite, but it was kind of tied into the fact that because I didn't yet have a very clear direction and I was basing everything off of the negative is all off of what I don't want, don't want, don't want instead of what I do want and getting, changing that around, flipping that on his back really made a big difference. Uh, So yeah, self-imposed doubt. And also I felt like, I didn't have anything original or unique to offer. And as I've ended up finding that is not that important, at least not at first things like um, consistency and showing up and really good communication, especially in any kind of service industry has way bigger impact on your ability to earn. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I can, I can definitely see that. Um, How do you stay motivated to, to do the work you know, when, when everything falls on your shoulders, you know, you, you got to do the paperwork, you have to do the quotes, you have to go meet the clients, and then you actually have the fulfillment. Sometimes as a solopreneur, that gets overwhelming. It feels like a giant mountain, you know, people talk about a weight on your shoulders. It feels like a mountain crushing you sometimes. How do you stay motivated to actually get shit done? Yeah, it can, it can be a little rough. Um, especially when things start to really pile up, like in some ways it's a good problem to have. And it, and it seems like in this, in this field, it can be a little bit of a feast or famine. Like everything's coming at you all at one time, or you find mm-hmm. yourself scrambling to find any little side job to fill in an income gap, you know? Um, but I stay motivated because well, I mean, I, I really like to eat. So, you know, I just, I, I have to, you know, I have, um, you know, I have my wife to take care of, we have a household to maintain, pets and livestock and that kind of thing to take care of. So all of that is its own motivator. Um, and 
it, it might be uh, awfully basic, but, it, but it's my own pride, too. Like, my own uh, self-image that's important enough to me that I, I, I've kind of cultivated this, you know, go-getter attitude because that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that. Um, it kind of strikes me now, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how to go do the thing, how to make that shift, but we really haven't even talked about what it is that you're doing. Um, tell us a little bit about, about what you're doing and kind of the, what the fulfillment side of that looks like and, and some of the things, like maybe some hacks that you've found to, to help with your productivity, to, to getting the work done. Sure. So what I do has has kind of evolved and I still do quite a bit, but it started simply as just lawn service. Uh, I started picking up a handful of customers. Uh, I think it was back in 2018 when I was still working on the ambulance. I was working a 24 hour shift. So I had a 24 hour shift on and then 48 hours off. And, you know, after the first day of being off and kind of catching up on sleep and recovering by the second day, sometimes I was looking around going, gosh, I could go spend two or three hours and make, you know, $30, $40 an hour mowing a yard somewhere in the neighborhood. So right. I started adding little jobs like that. And then uh, over time, I just kind of kept building that clientele once I was part-time. And uh, once I moved away from wage jobs after uh, lockdown and shutdowns and that kind of stuff and, and spent the summer of 2020 just adding adding customers like crazy just in my own little neighborhood. Like I, at one point I had, I think it was about 25 yard mowing customers wow. all with a bit within about two or three miles of my house. Um, it was bonkers. It, it, <laughs> it was, it was really, truly bonkers. So I, I did that until uh, through last summer, through last fall. And, but I also realized being, being a homesteader and being a permaculturist and having a design mindset that I could help people design their properties, gotcha. either improve current properties or help them design raw land. Um, it really didn't matter. It didn't really didn't matter the size. I'm not talking about hundreds of acres of a ranch, but anywhere from a postage stamp on up to, you know, about 10 acres, I can come in there and help people understand their land, understand how to put these systems together and then offer them a value package of continuous um, consulting with me um, where I'm out there on the property in person or um, and always, I always do that initially. I don't ever do that remotely. And then um, throughout the year, we can continue with, you know, email or phone calls or video chat or whatever to answer their questions, to be a researcher on their behalf, to kind of weed through uh, the, the, terrible terrible thing that is trying to use a search engine these days for these kind of questions and uh, and actually give them uh give them direction on what actually works like let's quit you know wasting time and money on on what doesn't work in our area and go after what does mm-hmm. so it's kind of like taking all be, that knowledge and distilling it down yeah and you're you're talking about like building food systems and, and animal management processes and things like that Yep. Yeah, I, I call it permaculture-based design because it's. I, I use those principles. Um, I use regenerative agriculture principles. I don't get too hung up on terminology. I also just use what works and what doesn't harm the land. 
or harm humans or animals for that matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's all about resilient closed loop systems. Gotcha. Good. If, if somebody's interested in in hiring you or consulting with you, is are you location dependent or, or where can they find you? Yeah, I am just because um, I don't want to take my knowledge to an area that I'm not going to be familiar with. So I like to keep everybody within about 250 miles in any direction, but about 250 miles of Knoxville, Tennessee, um, because I it's it's the climate I know, it's where I live, it's the soil that I understand, right. and that's the uh, that's I just feel like that's where my knowledge is best applied at this time. If you drop me in the Pacific Northwest, I simply don't have that knowledge. <laughs> yes, there's there's definitely a difference. It's like with me in construction, you know, I, I I know things on the residential side. There's a few things that I try to stay away from, but if you put me in a commercial setting, I might know a couple of things, but it's going to be a completely different ball game than what I'm used to. Um, yeah. Before we go, what would you say to somebody who is on the fence about you know, starting their own small business or even a side hustle, you know, if, if they're stuck in a situation like you were in with the EMS where, where you just weren't fulfilled in the job and, and it was just really a, a crappy work situation, what would you say to somebody to, to give them a boost to, to actually just go jump, to go do it? What, what do they say? Fortune favors the brave. So there's that. Um, I feel like the, um, the effort is, is its own reward. It kind of compounds itself. Like as soon as I had, I did a couple of jobs for people and received positive feedback, it just stacks up. And, um, that's not to say that you don't occasionally have complaints or people who can't be pleased. And, and I, and that happens, it's happened to me recently and it's just, it's just part of it sometimes, but the vast majority is so fulfilling any kind of, I mean, I'm really into any kind of service providing. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, If you can find a way to make your efforts, your energy, your knowledge, any of your skill sets valuable to another person, um, it's it's just the most rewarding thing in the world. I I really Mm -hmm. recommend everybody try it. It doesn't mean you have to leave your day job or at least not right away. Just anything, even if it's like, because I would sell stuff on eBay and, you know, I had just little just things, things I didn't need. And I made the point of, instead of just treating somebody who's buying from me, like just another faceless transaction, I would message them by name, let them, I wouldn't just say your item. I would say your new shirt will be shipped on and, you know, just let them know, like, this is a human, this is a transaction between two humans, little things like that really, really matter. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, you have you let me know in the email that uh, with your homestead design and consulting services, guys, if you're within 250 miles of Knoxville, you definitely want to give Kerry a call on this. And he did say, if you mention that you heard him on Solopreneur Radio, he'll provide two additional months of consulting along with whatever consulting package you choose. If somebody wants to reach out to you, Carrie, where can they find you? Uh, so, yeah, the website is strongrootsresources.com. And email is, is the best way, uh, strongrootsresources at gmail.com. I get back to everybody within a day. I don't make you wait. I don't, uh, I'm, 
that, that's one of the things I pride myself on is, is being responsive and being on the ball. Even if I don't have a full-blown answer for you right away, I will acknowledge you and, and let you know that I, I put my eyes on it and I'm, I'm taking care of it. So yeah, that's uh, I have a variety of packages people can choose from depending upon how, how in-depth they want to go, how much they feel like they need to invest. And yeah, all they have to say is, hey, I heard John Ken's show and uh, I'd love, you know, I'd love your help and I'll throw on a couple of extra months. That's that's all the email um, that you need, phone consults, whatever, however you need to communicate about it. So uh, so we can tackle problems and, and get your food production, get your animal production up and get your uh, get your home turned into a place that's a, a place of production, not just consumption. Awesome. Carrie, thanks so much. I appreciate you joining me today. I had a great time chatting, Ken. Thanks.